Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to another episode of Billy's Therapy. A happy James Webb Telescope Day to those of you uh, space geeks who are celebrating like I am for the first high-res images of deep space, which is, you know, totally relevant to baseball. The Phillies have all-stars, which is amazing. They're playing well against the St. Louis Cardinals, one of their main wildcard opponents, which is also fantastic, especially on the road. And this week they head to Toronto. We'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> Joining me to talk about all of this wonderful stuff, all of these wonderful goings on of your Philadelphia Phillies, is my partner in crime, the Athletic Philadelphia's Matt Gelb, who's joining me from St. Louis, where the Phillies and Cardinals are playing one of the weirdest series formats I can remember with a four gamer that goes from Friday through Monday for some reason. The Phillies will then go to Toronto for a two-game series that everybody's had their eye on for a little while now and finish up their road trip in Miami later this week into the weekend. Matt, how's it going out there in old St. Louis? I'm still here. Yes, you are. <laughs> still in St. Louis. Yes, it's, you uh, are. <laughs> it's uh, the crown jewel of the National League, St. Louis. You've uh, you've been seeing some pretty good pitching out there so far this series. Good, good baseball, like period. I mean, it, it, like the games have been competitive I, I feel like some high level baseball has been some you know some some bad plays here and there but really on the whole uh some high level baseball it's been fun to watch uh decent crowds and uh the phillies took the season series in the cardinals which is not insignificant because no. that is the first tiebreaker there are no more game 163s mm -hmm. uh, with the new playoff format and so it goes right to tiebreakers and the first tiebreaker is head-to-head -head record and the phillies actually now own the season series against both St. Louis and Milwaukee. Uh, it, it's really nice to have one of those like in your pocket for the first time in what feels like forever. It seems like the Phillies were just always behind the eight ball and always needing to win every matchup down the stretch because they held zero tiebreakers for any of these things. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I think a big development like that's huge. Uh, I think, you know, as it stands, like, uh, you know, one of the Brewers and the Cardinals are obviously win the central, but the other one of them is probably going to be you know, right there for that six seed. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that's just the way it's shaping up. And I think the biggest development, Paul, for the Phillies over the last, you know, two weeks has been that both St. Louis and San Francisco uh, have really fallen upon hard times. And, and yeah. I think they're, they're decent teams. They're probably playing, uh, they're probably underachieving below their, their true uh, measuring stick right now. But uh, that, that hasn't hurt the Phillies. Uh, I mean, the Cardinals, like some of the lineups they've charted out have been, uh, you know, really rough. And they have some issues. They they really uh, they miss Yadier and Molina just like behind the plate period. And their catching is awful. And the Giants have had some major issues themselves. But uh, you know both those teams will have a run in them, of know, course, in the second half because it's the Cardinals and the Giants. Of, oh, course. of course, but uh, that's a big development for the Phillies. I think that's been something that's probably been a little overlooked as the Phillies are playing. You know, obviously great ball of their own, but it's really helped that those two teams have kind of taken a dip. Yeah, I, I think I'll speak for myself, but I've been very focused on the division. Like the wild card has has always been nice, and I've I've wanted to move to see the team move into a good position there. 
uh, I've been trying and hoping that Atlanta would slip up a little bit to bring them a little bit closer just because I, I'd like to pass them for, for personal vendetta reasons. But but the wild card, you mentioned that's absolutely right. And it's almost surprising to look up and see the Phillies, you know, a full game clear still of the Cardinals and two full games clear of the Giants, not just after last year, but because it seemed like for the better part of, of the last two months, the Phillies were just staring up at those two teams in particular as they try to climb up. And now all of a sudden we turn around and find, Oh, they're actually in a bit of a catbird seat here where they're actually now driving this bus and have the opportunity, especially with, you know, a win today, Monday against St. Louis and, and securing three out of four, they could pad that a little bit more and start to give themselves a little more breathing room as we get later in the month and, and trade plans come more into focus. And I think, uh, that brings the 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 question of strategy of trade deadline strategy into focus for this team because i know you and i have talked really highlighting a couple of different ideas for what this team could do in july based on how they've been playing at the time we've been recording and at the time we're recording this particular episode it almost feels like there's been another shift right because we have a team that's winning on the back of its pitching right now top to bottom starting pitching bullpen especially uh, they're just, they're preventing runs, which is not what we expected out of this team, but they're doing it and they're going to get hitters back. Maybe not at the deadline or right before the deadline, but they're going to get hitters back as the summer progresses Two particularly good hitters and Bryce Harper and Gene Segura, but also somebody like Johan Camargo where you can be sold that. Okay. You got reinforcements coming later in the summer. Maybe you don't need to spend big assets on bolstering the offense. Instead, you turn your attention toward the pitching still, even though it's been carrying the team lately, mainly the rotation for me, because now we're looking at potential problems with Zach Eflin and Ranger Suarez is still out and you can't rely on Nolan Wheeler to go seven and eight innings every single time they go out there, even though they're on fire right now. So as things sit right now, I'm starting to think, oh, okay, maybe we turn our attention away from center field or away from third base or shortstop and think about a starting pitcher that this team could add and just do a little bit of a 180. Do you see it the same way or am I just too susceptible to bouncing back and forth depending on how the team's been playing lately? Well, that's the hard thing because the front office is trying to evaluate this in the same way. Like, and, and believe it or not, like they do tend to think like, you know, like a lot of us do too. I mean, they, they are reactionary. Like they're like, Oh, we need this. Or we need that. And it's like, they have the benefit of not, you know, of being able to take a step back and thinking about it a little longer. Cause sure. uh, it's not fantasy baseball, but <laughs> I, I think uh, it depends on like what you think is real and what you think isn't real. Mm. And, and that's hard with this team. Cause you look at them and, and, Paul, like they have the, right now they have the fourth best ERA in the National League. And I understand it's ERA wild. is not a you know a catch all measurement necessarily of, of the health of a pitching staff, but that is not what we expected. Nope. I mean, not even close to what we expected. I mean, they've allowed third fewest home runs, they've allowed the fourth fewest walks. I, I mean, I uh I'm not really sure what to make of that because on the whole, like they've pitched well, but you look at it and you can kind of poke holes through a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, well, what is real? Nolan Wheeler, are we, are, 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 are real. There we go. I think we can agree on that. Yes. They are real. Uh, Dominguez, I, I, I think is real. Like it's been good. I think the question is, is it going to be as good as it was in the second half as it was the first half? And maybe we got a peek 
you know, Sunday afternoon and, 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 and Rob Thompson afterward admitted that like, look, he probably has been used a little too much of late. That was his third mm-hmm. and four days. The stuff, the command wasn't as crisp, crisp. The velocity was there. Mm-hmm. The command wasn't, he walked his first guy, you know, since late May. And that, that ended up being a, a very crucial, uh, plate appearance in the game. Yeah. Uh, after that though, like I look in the bullpen and I'm like, is Andrew Bellotti real, real as in like, is he a solid middle reliever? Yeah. Like, is he solid sixth inning guy? Yeah. Is Brad hand real? I, I don't know. Like I kind of been waiting for Brad hand to implode. Uh, I, I, he hasn't allowed a home run yet this year. Like that's good. I that's mean, that, still that's wild to me. A, yeah. That is wild. Has not allowed a home run. Uh, you know, as a solid, you know, lefty setup man, like, you know, seventh inning guy. Yeah, I think so. He's been used in more situations than that. Jose Alvarado, is that real? Paul, are you are you buying yet? I want to. I, I want to very badly. I, I would love for this new-ish version of Alvarado to be real. Um, I don't know if I can confidently say that yet, even if his last couple of outings have been very good, because it still feels like my heart jumps up into my throat every time he comes in. But <laughs> it's been better I, outcomes-wise, at least. Yeah, I think it's kind of real, actually. Like, him, I'm yeah. going to buy. Because for, you you know, the last two years, they've been trying to just get him to, literally, I know it sounds crazy. They're like, throw the ball down the middle of the plate. And, and they say that to him because his 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 pitches, his stuff has such natural movement to it that they're like, if you throw it down the middle of the plate, it's going to do enough where a guy is probably going to swing and miss at it. And the problem was with his sinker, which he throws harder than any other pitch and, and throws it about as hard as anyone does in the sport. Mm-hmm. It, it, if you throw it down the middle of the plate, it, it, it might get hit because, it, you know, right. it's not moving as much. And now that he's really, you know, leaned in and is trusted uh, their idea, which is just throw your cutter. It's a, it's a slider cutter, whatever you want to call it. It's, he calls it a cutter, mm-hmm. uh, has slider action, you know, throw it as much as you can and just throw it down the middle of the plate and see what it does. <laughs> and the result has been that nobody can hit it. And, and you watch yeah. like Garrett Stubbs, Garrett Stubbs, I feel like is always catching Jose Alvarado for some reason. And you watch Garrett Stubbs just like trying to move around and catch these these cutters that are just moving. Oh, it's a at, workout at, at, a, at an insane uh, rate. It's it's unbelievable. I'm buying Jose Alvarado. Oh I baby, will say it. Oh baby, you're gonna buy that. Okay, so then Knable, Familia. Uh, who else are we looking? You know, it's weird yeah. that I feel better about Alvarado, which isn't to say amazing, but I feel better about Alvarado than I do either of those two about Knable or Familia right now. I mean, I think Familia, uh, August August 3rd, I don't know that Familia is on the roster. I wouldn't think so. He's definitely not finishing with it. You can't keep trusting him like this. And right now he's your sixth reliever on the depth chart. You just, you can't put him out there. He just, he, he falls into trouble that, every time he's out Nick, there. Anymore. Nick Nelson's at him. He might be the seventh. Nick Nelson, right man, I'll tell you what. I, I joked a couple of times about Nick Nelson and how he's like, you know, on mop-up duty with this team and all of that. He's... He's been fine. He's been all right. He's given up one over 40 innings, whatever it is. He's, you know, he's walked a few guys. Okay. But as far as the the quality mop-up guy I was yearning for back in April, he's it. He's it. I got to stop joking about him for a while. Right. And we've, what have we complained about for years of the Phillies is that they just didn't have the proper depth to support the big league roster. And they made those two trades before the lockout Mm -hmm. to get a backup catcher and a long reliever. And look, you're not going to win. You're not going to make the playoffs because of your backup catcher or your long reliever, but they made two solid trades there that gave them guys who have been useful pieces and, 
and important depth. And mm-hmm. so credit where credit's due. I mean, Garrett Stubbs and Nick Nelson have been uh, solid, solid depth pieces for this team. And that's not something we've always been able to say uh, about a Phillies roster. So Canable, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll buy, I guess, maybe like in a middle reliever role, maybe a, maybe a setup guy. I, he threw what I think has been the, the most important pitch of the season so far this year for the Phillies. That that three two three two curveball, yeah, Nolan man. Arenado, which was Ooh. just he just <laughs> locked him up. I'll tell you what, man, was, that uh, took stones. That really yeah, did. Yeah, that was a that was a ballsy pitch. Ooh. And uh, if he doesn't make that pitch and he walks him, he's he's out of the game. Bellotti was going to come in, and the Phillies probably lose that game. And, and then they lost Sunday. And I, I think we're looking at this in a very different light right now. So that pitch, uh, that was the pitch of the season, I think, so far. And I, I wrote a little bit about it. Uh, at the athletic and my my monday notes and you know just the strategy went into it is really cool and i, I like i really love that like just the thinking uh between pitcher and hitter and also catcher um sure. i'll buy him as like a as a setup guy i don't know that i necessarily would like to see him in the ninth inning it, it seems to be even though that wasn't a lot of that wasn't his doing uh in in in, in saturday's game uh, mm-hmm. you know so you you break it down bit by bit and like you know the rest of the rotation gibson or, or you know solid five right now right I yeah mean, i don't know that he's more than that four or five i would, I would trust him that far mm-hmm. suarez had been pitching a little better you know before the the back spasms and, you know again a solid four or five mm-hmm. efflin you know we really don't know and, and i and as yeah. i wrote i think you know the biggest off the field uh thing that bears watching over the next two weeks is, is the status of zach efflin like i think this is this single-handedly will influence what what they do in terms of the trade deadline and yeah you know they haven't committed. They 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 you know they've already said he's he's not going to pitch until after the the, the All Star break. You mm-hmm. know which has become obvious. And and then you know they have really haven't committed to him making a turn. You know that first time through, uh, in the second half, the first time through the rotation. So th- there's just a lot of unknown right now with Zach Eflin. And he's he threw a bullpen Sunday. He's he's you know continuing with a throwing program. But uh, I think it really bears watching because that that to me will dictate. I mean I think. Chris Sanchez has been a, a nice, you know, like spot starter. Or Bailey yeah, Falter has right. been a, a nice mm-hmm. spot starter, but uh, you know, because you have Gibson and Suarez already there, I, I think you need a, a little more solid mid rotation guy if you're trying to make the playoffs. And I think, on the whole, okay, so we look at it piece by piece, and now mm-hmm. you take a step back and you're like, they have the fourth best ERA in the National League. They're <laughs> right. doing all of this with you know, a, a really bad defense behind them. And they have played yes. better defense. Credit to that. They have played better defense in the last few weeks. Um, but we know what they are. I mean, it's not a good defensive team. That It will rear its ugly head. Uh, no doubt. Like, <laughs> there will be mistakes. So do you double down on being a, on being uh, a team that rides the run prevention wave here? Well, you know, I know it, the sport has changed. Like runs are down across the board. Right, the sports scoring is down. Mm-hmm. This was a team built on offense. They have scored enough, probably not as much as they'd like. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's funny because the Phillies they've scored the third most runs in the national. Right, look, and look, they have I, the tenth highest on base percentage. <laughs> I, I I think you can I think you can satisfy both. Um, but it would it would take the approach that we saw with Clintac and I, I know people are, are impatient with that and I am too, but I, I think if you want to try and patch multiple holes in a single deadline, you can, first of all, but it would require one of each. Yeah. As, as far as I see it, you can have one starter or reliever 
and a potential um, like an infield replacement, right? Somebody who's maybe a little bit more focused on defense than offense. Somebody you can sub in a little bit later who maybe they're a little bit stronger on a platoon side one way or another, uh, but isn't necessarily a, a crown jewel of the deadline. You're not going to be looking at um, somebody reaching out and, you know, acquiring a Trey Turner level uh, bat no, for this I team. I don't think, yeah, I mean, I don't think we, yeah, I think the expectation should not be that. Yeah, Right. I think yeah. if if there is the potential to go a little bit bigger, it it should be with the rotation ahead of the bullpen, even though the bullpen is maybe a little bit thinner in terms of pure depth, even if everybody is healthy, especially right now, the way some of these guys have played. But with the quality major league caliber talent that they have right now, even if they are, you know, back half of the rotation guys when they are healthy, it feels like there's a little bit less of a fit right there I, I agree with you that that all opens up and gets blown wide open if Eflin has to miss significant time maybe there's maybe there's a situation where the team identifies a starting pitchers whose uh, availability matches with theirs both in uh, control ideally he's a, a one plus guy and you know won't be an able painter package kind of situation whoever that might be later on this month I think we'll have a better idea of who's actually in play and who might be available for these spots that we talk about theoretically right now. But if you identify that fit and you're able to make some kind of move and then you can 60 day Eflin and let him try and recuperate again, obviously that mutual option is not going to kick in. And I think even today we can say no matter when he comes back, that option is not going to kick in. He's going to be a free agent, different topic for another time. He was always going to be a free agent. Yeah. 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 I, I didn't see any way that was getting picked up anyway. Um, then you you give yourself that insurance to uh, not rely so heavily on Nolan Wheeler being ungodly good for the rest of the season and into the playoffs and and give yourself a little bit of cushion if they have a bad start during a series. You know, I I think there will be well, more well, relievers yeah. available. But what yeah. what do you think is likelier to happen in the second half for the team as it's currently constructed? They have an offensive rebound or they continue to pitch the way they've been pitching. Definitely offensive rebound. Um, even before talking about the guys who are coming back healthy, you know, when they get Harper, hopefully, you know, toward the end of August or September, whenever he comes back, um, when they get Segura back, who seems like he's progressing really nicely and, and might be back early August, maybe. Um, I, I think it's so much more likely, I, not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination, I think it's so much more likely that hitters of the caliber of a Nick Castellanos or a JT Real Muto pull themselves out of what they're going through right now and perform better. Again, there are signs to say that neither of them will do that this year. I get that. I'm, I'm watching the same team you all are. But I think the likelihood of them rebounding is more likely than the current pitching staff, as it's built right now, continuing to do what it's done. Just based on what I've seen from all of these players, not just this year, but in the years prior, or in some cases, if guys haven't been pitching in the major leagues uh, a long time ago. So well, I think we answered the question. Then. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, so you, you go pitching, right? You focus more on pitching. If a good bat fit presents itself, somebody who can um, play the left side of the infield, you know, I'm, or, I'm, or, I'm, or left-handed hitting center fielder. Yeah. Or center fielder, you know, I, I'm okay with trusting Veerling a little bit. It, it, I can deprioritize center field a little bit right now. I, I don't think it's it's settled and done by any stretch and, and would be fine with 
you know, looking for a center field upgrade. Probably not Cedric Mullins anymore now that the Baltimore Orioles are are the hottest team in baseball and and such contenders or whatever the heck they're doing. Can I, can I make a bold? Can I can I give a hot take? Absolutely, that's what we're here for. The Orioles are still going to lose ninety games. Ooh, what what's going to happen? Is this all just, just gonna, a Cinderella yeah. slipper? Like what? Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, it's a great story. It's awesome. Like good, you know. If anything, it should show teams that like trying is nice, like because people are like excited and they're coming to the ballpark and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still look, think they'll lose ninety games, right? Sorry, I, 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 sorry, no, not it's a, no, it's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody expects them to be a wild card contender or anything, but it, it is nice to see. And they're forty three and forty four right now, yeah. So they're they're on the cusp of five hundred. Baseball Reference actually has their playoff odds at nine percent, which is fantastic. Oh, wow. I think it started at point one to begin the year or something. It, look, it, they're a nice story. I, I don't think I don't think they should buy at the deadline. Maybe they won't crash so hard to lose 90, but, you know, I don't think they'll finish above 500. Maybe they'll make it interesting, um, but they could still be a seller. You know, if if they decide I, I, it may be not I a like white flag trade, but you know, yeah, I like that their closer. All he does is he just throws like 90 percent curveballs. It's awesome. What a what a time to be alive. Yeah. Jorge Lopez, you mean? Yeah. 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 He's somebody who I think could be available is, is someone of some sort of interest. You know, you could call this his career year. Absolutely. Because he's bounced around as a starter with a bunch of different orgs and never really found that much success while doing it. And all of a sudden now you see, yeah, he's, he's spamming curveballs and he's putting up great numbers <laughs> as a reliever. He's 29. Yeah. Like Somebody like him. Can I mean, make yeah, sense. they have. Yeah, they, like that's the thing is, I still think like they're gonna like they might fall out of it like a little bit here, and like they're still gonna sell. Like you know, we know how that front office works. Like mm. they have a couple bullpen guys that like I, I guarantee you they sell. Like I guarantee you they trade one or two of those guys. They're mm-hmm. having career years is like just sell high. Yeah, so, and I and I think anyway, that's part yeah. that, that's part of the calculus of why the, the 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 whole landscape of understanding who might be a bit uh be available for buyers is sort of unclear right now. There are teams that have pushed their way back into it, sort of. You can put Baltimore in that category. Um, it's a little unclear what teams like the White Sox or Guardians might do because Marlins? that division is kind of eh. the Marlins, maybe. Yeah, I mean they're, you know, they're only four back of the Phillies, but that is eleven back in the division, and um, and they're like twelve and twelve and one against the Nationals, I think. Yeah, like they've so they that, really, that record's a little. Yeah, they've racked it up against the Nats. <sighs> Can I, can you, like, I want to go back to one little thing you mentioned about yeah. Matt Beerling. And uh, he, he's, he's going to play every day now, like moving uh-huh. forward. I mean, I think that's pretty, it's been made pretty clear. We should. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's, it's like, I think it's the end of Mickey Moniak here, like with the Phillies. Yeah. I mean, I think he'll probably get sent out uh, at some point. And then I, I think he's, you know, I think there's a chance that he's, you know, part of a trade package. Yeah. You know, he's not going to be the centerpiece of a deal. Like, I don't know that he, has that status but like i think he's part of a part of a package like later this month i do like yeah. I, I feel like this is the end i, I kind of think they reached the end with him and it just you know asking rob thompson about it, he's like you know i i maybe i should have phrased the question to everybody. i was like have you reached a point where you just really can't play mickey anymore and production does matter and they mm-hmm. and they gave him a little bit of a shot here and he's like well it's less about mickey and more than matt Buehling has played his way into this you know everyday role that's a and nice I get that. reframing yeah i get that but uh they reached a point where they couldn't play Mickey anymore. Like mm. that's, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. You find yeah. a lot of people in support of that too, honestly. Like it's, I, I, 
I had hoped that he would see a little bit more time to try and figure out what we had seen in the spring, you know, if, if that could translate or what he could actually do if his performance in the minors last year was really something to to uh, take note of and, and, and draw inspiration from. And, you know, I, I said this a couple of days ago, objectively, no, he still has not had that much of a look at the major league no, level. No, he hasn't. But subjectively, but, oh my God, yeah. uh, he, no, dude, like it's just, it's not working. And I think it's probably not just better for the Phillies to, to move on, but for him too. Cause I just, whatever they're, whatever they're working on with him, whatever the case is, I know the injury didn't help, but whatever's going on there, it's just not clicking for him. And he probably needs a, a fresh start somewhere else. Yeah. And, and I agree with you. Like you could argue he didn't get a great, great shot in the majors, but you know, when you're trying to win, it's hard. I mean, it's really hard. And like, yeah, if he goes somewhere to a team that is not necessarily trying to win right now and gets, you know, every day at bats in the majors for two months, and then you look up and then you make an evaluation. Sure. Mm -hmm. But it's just, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of pressure when you're, when you're in that situation that he's in, he knows, that uh he's got to produce and uh it just hasn't just hasn't worked okay so mickey moniak is not on the all-star team but the rest of the all-star teams were were announced this weekend (laughs) don't you love my segues the rest of the uh all-star teams were announced this weekend uh to nobody's surprise bryce harper was elected even though he is not going to play so he will go down in history as the first national league designated hitter electee in all-star game history congrats to him even though atlanta's william Contreras is likely to actually make the start and then you have kyle schwarber who on the back of his absolutely insane last five weeks uh has made the team as an outfield reserve that means of course by process of elimination neither zach wheeler nor aaron nola made it on the pitching side thanks in part i think to uh the rule that requires every team to have at least one representative we'll get into that in a second um what do we think about this is this right that wheeler and nola didn't make it in the first round like uh, the, the there's a good chance they'll be named as replacements later on as more guys drop out there, there there's a non-zero chance we see one or both of them eventually make it but is this first round correct that Harper and Schwarber are the Phillies only initially elected all-stars. Can I start with one thing? I want to start with, uh, and this is like cherry picking numbers, but uh-huh. on, on May 29th, the Phillies had played 46 games okay, and they were 19 and 27. They were eight games under Oof. and Kyle Schwarber was hitting in 196 plate appearances. He was hitting 181, one, 181. with a 301 on base yeah. and a 398 slug. He had a 699 OPS through 196 plate appearances. Man. So kudos to him. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, we have all seen it. It's been an incredible run. Uh, but to go from that to being uh, an all-star uh, it, it is really impressive. And it obviously is one of the biggest reasons why uh, the Phillies are are where they are now. They're, they're they really have Schwarber to thank, and I know people want to move him down in the lineup, but he's just fine where he is. And uh, it's in a, it's a really amazing run that he's been on. So credit to him. He he was an all-star last year. He didn't get to play in the game because he was mm-hmm. hurt. So he's an all-star for two straight years. He's, you know, knock on wood, he, he'll, he'll be able to play in this year's game. He's excited about that. He might do the home run derby if I had to guess. Probably not. I don't know. He, he seemed to say it was a coin flip. We'll see. Um, that would be cool if he did. Yeah. Uh, as far as 
the snubs go, you know, yeah, it's like one of those tired things. It's like, oh, this guy's a snub. That guy, everybody thinks that they're a snub, right? Of course. Zach Wheeler should have been an all-star. I mean, like, come on. Like, I, I and and he ends up getting dinged probably for, you know, the fact that he was basically in spring training while pitching in the majors at the beginning of the season. Right. Like, let's not forget that. So his his last 13s, take away the first three, and I know it doesn't work this way. I get it. But he was a he was still in spring training, his first three starts. He was throwing like 93, 94 miles an hour. Yep. It wasn't very good. His last 13. He has a one five three, you know, only four home runs and eighty two innings, ninety three strikeouts, almost as many. He's got more runs allowed than walks. I mean, he uh, like really uh, is an all star, and, and and I know there's a lot of good pitchers right now. Like it's it's uh, yeah, he he he'll, he'll probably get named because, like you said, there's a lot of replacements. I I think he was you know. He, he was trying to act like he wasn't disappointed. He's like, I don't care. But like, of course he cares. Like he's a yeah. competitor and he, you know, it goes next to his name. Maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he's fine not going and, and spending the time just relaxing and being with his, his two kids and mm-hmm. et cetera. But you know, that goes next to your name. I mean, that that's, that's part of, you know, it's, it's one of the things that we use to measure a player's career, right or wrong. Uh, but well, probably should have won bonuses too, right? It's funny. Like it's like funny. Money oh yeah. 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 He, yeah. 50 grand. Um, which is nice. You know, it's, yeah. it's nice. Yeah, it's uh, nothing. but, uh, it's not nothing, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. he probably should have won the Cy Young last year. And, and I also feel like, um, had the Wheeler Burns thing happened this year, like Wheeler would have won. I don't know why I say that. I feel like for some reason there's been like a, comp- like a really weird industry shift into how like innings are viewed now. Really? And I'm actually working on a story about this. Yeah. I, I think people have woken up and realized like, Oh yeah, like we we probably took it to an extreme. Oh you know, sure, like we we probably took you know how we're treating starting pitchers and how we're treating uh you know these max effort one inning relievers. Like it's great to have max effort one inning relievers. Um, you can't build an entire bullpen out of them. No, and I think teams uh are applying the third time to the order penalty less uh with regards to starters. I think there is a shift in general. I think some of it is because of the roster rules, and I think they've had their intended purpose so far. And I think it's healthier for the game. But that's of a whole course. other conversation. Yeah. It, I, it is, but I, I agree with you. Like, I, I didn't love the way, you know, things like openers were kind of homogenizing pitching roles, where we were bringing everything towards some sort of middle, where nobody was going six or seven innings, but fewer pitchers were also needed to go, you know, rules aside, one or two batters. You know, it seemed like we were building up this this stockpile in the game of uh, one to two, maybe three inning uh, super relief pitchers who could be deployed at any time. Um, so you could rely less on your starting pitching and you'd still be fine. But now we're seeing that uh, the sheer talent pool in the minor leagues doesn't really support that, even though guys are really throwing hard. It's just I like that it's moving back away from that because I, I like the idea of a workhorse. Um, I, I agree that you do set yourself up to be in a bit of danger extra times through the order. I get that. I think that's real, but it's nice to see pitchers go deep again, especially, you know, the way Wheeler and Nola have been going deep in these games, you know, and you look at back to the point of innings, right? You look at Nola and Wheeler together. Wheeler has been exceptional. Like you mentioned, since those first three starts of the year where, you know, he was spring training with stats that count. 
And then you look at Nola, who is similarly on a hot streak. Has, We're not talking enough about Nola. And, and, and it's, yeah, keep going. But no, yes. it, it's it, his numbers are fantastic. They really are. He's he's got a good bit of ERA behind Wheeler, which I, I think separates him toward, you know, a lot a lot more casual viewers. You look at, you know, two, four, six versus three, one, five. And you think, OK, both very good years. One is very clearly better. And that's that's the most of what I need to know. But you look a little bit deeper in Nola. He's got eight times as many strikeouts as walks. It's 120 to 15. And he's pitched 16 innings more than Wheeler, which, you know, you, you say that number, you're like 16 innings. Okay, that's two games. Well, whatever. Break that out a little bit. Think about this a little bit differently when comparing pitchers and their innings totals. So to get down to a fine point, it's 16 and a third more innings to this point right now. 111 to a third to 95. That is 49 more outs. 49 more outs that Nola has recorded in one more start than Wheeler. That's a big gap. That's pretty significant. And to me, the way I look at pitchers and the way they put up numbers, that levels the gap between their ERAs for me. You know, the the, the high strikeout to walk difference, which I really love looking at, and the fact that Nola has accumulated so many more outs than Wheeler just on a raw, <laughs> don't let these guys reach base kind of scale. You know what I mean? I mean, he, you take it, look at it a different way here. He's now gone six straight starts and he's pitching, you know, obviously the, the series finale against the Cardinals. Mm. Noel's gone six straight starts with at least seven innings. That's beautiful. And I know it doesn't sound like a lot. He's the first Phillies pitcher to do that since Hamill was in 14. Since 14. Wow. He is the first Phillies pitcher to do six straight starts of seven innings or more since Hamill's in 14. That's fantastic. I was looking at and, that the other night and I didn't realize it had been that long since we'd seen something like that. And like, he's just, it's, I don't think it's fair because like when he struggles, everyone is all over it talking about it. And like, and I'm, you know, I'm probably at fault here. Like I haven't written enough about this. Like he, he's been, mm. he's been really good. He's been yeah. really, really good. And we, in terms of like the workload thing, like you're talking about measuring, you know, the, the numbers don't seem like a lot more, but like when you take his body of work over the last five seasons and look at the amount of innings he's thrown compared to anyone else availability, his availability, Huge. the fact that he has taken the ball. I mean, it is difficult to measure uh, the true value of that because it's a lot. It is a lot. So I would say that, Either of those guys have compelling cases to have made the all-star yeah. team right out the gate, right? But right. And Noel Noel's pitching Sunday, the last mm -hmm. day before the break. So like he's not eligible to pitch in the game. Right. I don't know if that means he can't be picked as a replacement and then he gets replaced. I don't know how that works. <laughs> it changes. I feel like they change all-star rules like every year, but um, you know, he obviously he won't the Phillies would love, you know, they would prefer to get him that last start, squeeze one more start out of him in the first half, and then mm -hmm. uh, you know, let him go rest. And that's you know, that's probably what'll happen for him. And so we, we come back to the constraints of the rules of this, like you were just talking about how every team needs to have a representative. And that's probably one of the biggest culprits why, you know, somebody like Wheeler or Nola didn't get closer to being on the team the first go. You look at, you know, just looking at some of these reserves here. Uh, I'll just run down the alphabetical list that MLB.com published yesterday. Sandy Alcantara makes all the sense in the world. He's one of the maybe five best starting pitchers in the entire league right now. Uh, David Bednar, Having a very good year for Pittsburgh, you can understand that. Corbin Burns, all right. Luis Castillo having a very good year. Edwin Diaz is is an exceptional reliever who's got some of the best stuff just purely. I know he 
can tend to walk a few guys when he's not right. Max Fried is having a nice year for Atlanta. Tony Gonsolin, I still think, hasn't lost. Josh Hader, you know, best reliever in the game right now. Ryan Helsley coming for that crown or trying to with his performance so far this year, even if it's just one year opposed to haters multiple years. Clayton Kershaw, how can you say no to Clayton Kershaw? Um, skipping one, we get down to Joe Musgrove of San Diego, who's also having a very good year. The one guy who stands out when you're looking at somebody like, oh, should my guy have been on ahead is Joe Mantiply with Arizona, who's having a good year. He's, I think, got a 40 to one strikeout to walk ratio, something ridiculous. That'll apply. It's it's really good, but like, he's, he's, he's there to be a left-handed reliever. Like, that's not the guy you expect to make an all-star game ahead of. You know, is he again, their only not, guy? He's yeah. their only guy, right? He is their only Probably guy right now, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you look at that and you're like, uh, grinds well, your it comes back, right. It comes back to like, do we think that every team needs to have a guy there? And that's what I think, I think, yes, for a long time. And I think you've yes. debated that. Yeah. I, I think it makes some sense. I, I, it's the sacrifice you get when, you know, you have to leave some of these guys off in the first round. But like we were talking about earlier, there are usually so many substitutions anyway that there's a really good chance that some of the top level snubs get added regardless. Almost always. Yeah. And I mean, you, you can't take that to the bank, but you really have a good shot at it. I like that every team gets to have somebody in the game. I really do. Baseball has had this growth problem for a little bit now where, you know, they're trying to find the right way to market to a broader audience, to a more national audience. And I don't know if having, you know, Joe Mantiply as your all-star representative will necessarily get a lot of people in Arizona all that excited, but I think it does some work toward getting each team a little bit of exposure, at least bring one guy to the forefront. If you may not be paying attention to it, teams in the NL West, for example, you could see that, oh, okay, wow, Joe Mantiply, huh, he's having a pretty good year. That's kind of cool. And then you learn a little bit more about the game. I feel like it's worth the trade-off for me personally. I don't have contractual money on the line, obviously. Um, it just seems like it makes sense, and that's a fair trade-off. I, I get it. It's yeah, a and now that, it's a, now that it's back to being an exhibition that has no bearing on anything Especially whatsoever. Especially Yeah. Right. Back when, it, back when it was deciding things, then, then yeah, I think they should have thrown the rule out about, you know, everybody's got to have somebody there. Like, you want the best guys there because, like, mm -hmm. you're... The, They're the stakes. Game. They're real stakes. This time, this time it counts. And so... Mm -hmm. <laughs> they uh now it's an exhibition and i think it's great that Pujols and uh cabrera are going to be there sure like, yeah clayton kershaw yeah he should start the game at dodger stadium yes mm -hmm. like i lean into it i i think the more exciting the better but back to the nola thing mm -hmm. since 2018 uh he is he is first in the major leagues in innings 778 Ooh, and he man. he the number two is garrett cole and he's at 766 and a third so he's a full uh, uh, 12 innings really clear of number two. That's a lot. <laughs> wow. Wow. So, yeah. I mean that, that, that I've, and, and it's gone, it's probably gone, uh, overlooked in general. Like it really has. Cause like the guy takes the ball every fifth day and I know the results haven't always been there. Uh, but, but we've seen an improved guy this year. And, and even with the workload that's built up over all these years, he's gotten better. And, and I think that's, uh, that's something to recognize. Absolutely. Um, but now we need to talk about the other side of the coin. Uh, and as this relates to Nola, he will not be uh, participating in this upcoming series in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, but 
he is uh, one of a number of players who, and and as you've told me off air before we started recording today, the team is expected to let us know a bit more about uh, the availability of, of certain members of the team as this Toronto series looms large starting tomorrow. Uh, Nola's one of a handful of players who were questionable for this series. And now as we're on the doorstep of this series, and thankfully it's only two games, we are staring down the barrel of this news of finding out exactly how much of this team is going to be ineligible to play in these two games, uh, understanding that the team has probably withheld some of this information before this availability later today, where they'll hopefully discuss it in a little bit more detail. Matt, what do you know about uh, the way the team is shaping up, what their pitching decisions might be, how things are looking with uh, travel to Toronto looming tomorrow on Tuesday? Well, what I would say is that like they've made some, you know, that there there are things that they've done that it's going to make the amount of guys they put on the restricted list look probably uh, less reflective of the situation, right? I mean, only, you know, for example, Kyle Gibson, um, you know, we, we talked to him after his last start uh, here in St. Louis and, you know, he said he's not vaccinated and he's not eligible to, to go to Toronto. Now he's not scheduled to pitch in Toronto now because the Phillies flipped the rotation. Uh, they flipped Wheeler and, and Gibson. And that means that Wheeler is going to be able to pitch Wednesday uh, in Toronto, which was going, which was Gibson's spot originally. So that is a way that just one way they've sort of mitigated, uh, you know, the, the amount of players they won't have. And so mm-hmm. they sent Bailey Falter out after his last start. They sent him to the minors. Uh, his spot is is due Tuesday in the rotation. Uh, and, and and what I understand is they're just going to try to piece that together, that game together. Just another bullpen uh, game. Yeah. I mean, it's possible you see them call up uh, maybe, maybe a guy like Kent Emanuel, who uh, has been stretched out as a starter at AAA. Uh, you know, maybe he's in play for a few innings uh, Tuesday night. Uh, the way they handled the Nelson and Sanchez game makes me think that maybe one or both of those guys can come back and throw some some innings on Tuesday. Okay. Uh, you know, because neither of them really pitched a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> there there will be some guys who go on the restricted list. Uh, you know, some 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 bigger names, but I think what's happened here is that they they've done some things to to mitigate it. I mean, they've they've optioned some guys or some guys who are hurt. Uh there's some guys who are not scheduled to pitch, Gibson for example, and and you know like you said, like you alluded to perhaps Nola as well. He's pitching Monday, so he's not uh he's not part of the Toronto series, you know, regardless. So, um uh, the true number is 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 pretty big. The actual number is going to be smaller than that. Uh it will still be a challenge for them. They're catching the Blue Jays at like a really uh, interesting time. They have totally cratered. Uh, they're coming back from a really long road trip. Uh, apparently, it's be like they're off on Monday, and it's going to be a really emotional thing. Um, that the first base coach's daughter uh, recently, uh, young daughter, recently died, and I think mm. the whole team was going to her funeral on Monday. And oh. so the the Blue Jays are are um, you know have had have had a rough time of late for, yeah, for well. various reasons, but uh, they're. They're a dangerous team in Toronto. I mean, we've seen this. I feel like anytime the Phillies go to Toronto, it's usually like uh, the, the, they they give up a lot of runs. I feel like I feel like I've covered a lot of games up there where the Phillies have just getting totally uh, destroyed by Blue Jays hitters, and the Blue Jays are notoriously uh, a, a, a much better hitting team at the Rogers Center uh, than on the road. So, mm-hmm. uh, 
it's going to be a challenge. I mean, I think specifically Tuesday's game, they're going to have to piece it together. And earlier in this podcast, we were talking about how uh, they're getting a little wary of, of workloads for some guys, specifically Dominguez, uh, who is a great story. And like I, I wrote a, uh, I'd been working on this feature about him uh, that ran last week in the athletic. And it's really amazing like what he's done, but he, he's at 33 innings now, Paul. Uh-huh. And you know, like he missed almost three years right. and I, you know, you, you cross your fingers and you hope that, you know, you can get him to 60 ish innings by the end of the year and you're getting the same kind of uh, work you're getting from him, Oof. but you don't know. And you like, don't, why has the bullpen been so good of late? It's because, like, I feel like guys have just fallen into place a little more. And that starts with Dominguez being at the back of the game. And everyone else has just kind of fallen into a, a, a role, a spot uh, that's that's been good for them. Mm-hmm. And, like, you take him out of that picture and, and, it, and it looks very different. So yeah, I'm getting off a tangent here, but it speaks to the fact that, you know, their pitching depth is really, uh, is really going to be tested here. And, like, they have two – you know, two starters originally, I think Suarez and Eflin would have been like in line to pitch in Toronto before the injuries and before they moved around the rotation. Uh, you know, both of them are vaccinated and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, they lost two vaccinated stars to injuries, you know, ahead of the Toronto series, which, uh, you know, of course, right. <laughs> so, <Sure>. right. <laughs> um, you know, they, they, their depth has been tested and, and uh, it'll be tested even more this week. And I think at the very least they're looking at it and say, well, we have a Thursday off day. Uh, they're going to get to Miami at like 7 a.m. Uh, it, it, it's and they have the off day, but it, the travel is is pretty rough yeah. uh, this week. It, it, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a lot. They're going to have a lot of guys coming in and out. They're going to be needing a lot of pitchers. Uh, they they are in a position where they have uh, they really need Nola and Wheeler on Monday and Wednesday uh, to to give them uh, star caliber performances, uh, and that's a lot. Again, you're asking a lot of these guys. They're getting um, they're ready for a break too. Uh, they, they've I pitched bet. a lot. They're ready for an all-star break. Uh, there's a way that they can get Wheeler eight days between starts, uh, between pitching, which, which I think he would uh, be very much uh, welcoming of. Hmm. So uh, it's, it's we've talked about the depth for a long time, you know, the lack thereof. It's been better this year. And uh, Toronto is going to be, is going to be a test of that. It's not going to be maybe as big of a test as people anticipated, but you know, you combine all the injuries and all the things they've done to sort of mitigate the re- restricted list placements, and you put all that together, and they're going to be missing uh, quite a few guys who who would normally be uh, contributing for them. So let's let, let's take a, a, a half step back and and look at the broader picture here, and, and do a, a quick refresher for those who may not totally understand exactly what's happening here. Again, just to reset the picture, Toronto, Canada, in particular. For international travelers, you, they have a vaccination requirement in order to enter the country. As it, rela- uh, as it relates to baseball, when you are ineligible to make that trip to Toronto, regardless of which team you're playing for, the team will play, uh, place you on what's called the restricted list. When you are on that list, you are temporarily removed from the active roster. You do not make money for those games, so you don't get game checks for those games. You do not accrue service time, which is important. Um, for those players who have not reached arbitration or who may be on the cusp of being super two in a year or so, or who may be approaching free agency, you will not get these two days. Um, hopefully it won't come down to that for some of those guys, but they, they do not accrue. Um, and then you can be re-added and reinstated after the series is over and those games have been completed. And so what the Phillies are looking at 
um, is the potential of, you know, multiple position players, multiple pitchers because of this vaccination requirement being unable to participate in these games. Um, so that's what we're talking about here in case you haven't realized there are, there's like a on. real, there's a, there's also the stipulation where like, because Nola and Gibson now aren't technically scheduled to pitch in this series, like they're not allowed to be placed uh, on the restricted list. Right. So like, cause, cause they, cause they, I think the league was like, well, teams are going to you you know, use this. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, this guy can't, you know, this guy wasn't going to play in the series. Oh, but he's also unvaccinated. We're going to use him to get another reliever on the uh-huh. roster to face the blue Jays. And, and so rightfully so the league was like, look, we're not, you know, we're going to close that loophole. Uh, so, you know, Nolan Gibson uh, most likely won't, you know, won't be in Toronto with the team, but they won't be on, uh, they won't be on the restricted list. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. That's important to point out. Um, so we don't know exactly who is going to be ineligible yet. We have ideas based on either comments made to the media or social media post history or just general feeling, what have you. Everybody's got their own list of who they expect or uh, think may or may not be eligible for these coming games on Tuesday and Wednesday. Again, thankfully, it's only these two games. It's a bit of a black eye. You don't like having something like this come up in the in the midst of a good run of baseball while the team is in a wild card spot here in the middle of the summer. Um, this is, for obvious reasons, a, a very sensitive topic. And I fall on the side of I, I, I feel like these guys should have had the shot by now, uh, but they don't. And so they're going to be placed on this list. It's going to be a transaction that's on paper. People are going to know from that point, you know, that they've, they've not received this vaccine that they chose to skip these games. Uh, And it's going to make things a little testy for a little bit. I would think now this is sports and winning cures. A lot of stuff makes people forget about a lot of stuff. I look, I get that. Uh, This goes a little bit deeper than that. Um, and it, it, it could uncover a bit of a, uh, you'd hope it's not like a, a, a huge clubhouse problem that either emerges from something like this or is a, a, a presenting symptom, right? Because different ideologies existing in a baseball clubhouse where, you know, a, a number of these guys, you know, <laughs> have, have very strong and differing viewpoints when it comes to these things as, as we all do lately. Um, is there a possibility that something like this becomes something of a boiling over point where maybe the clubhouse gets a little bit of a deeper rift of some kind? Like, do you, do you get the sense that this is a point of contention within the clubhouse right now and that everybody's looking forward to just getting it out of the way? Or is it really not as big of a deal and it's just going to be maybe a little bit ugly on the restricted list? But as far as these guys are concerned, something to just move past once Wednesday's game is over? I don't think it's going to be a big thing inside the clubhouse, mm-hmm. but like what I, what I do think is that like, it's important for the Phillies to finish this first half strong. And, and as you know, Paul, like we, you know, we do this podcast every week and like so many things change week to week. Like right now, oh, yeah. the current snapshot of the Phillies is that, that of a team that, you know, has won some really gritty games has played, you know, some crisp baseball here uh, is in great position. And, they, you know, it's imperative to keep that going into the break. And, you know, they have a tough game, one more against the Cardinals. You know, you have Nolan Amount, then you have two in Toronto with a depleted roster. And then you go to Miami, which is a place that you have not fared well in the past. Uh-huh. Sandy Alcantara was, is going to, 
uh, is going to pitch that first game uh, of that series, and he's on a different planet right now. He's incredibly good. He sure is. It, it, this is a, you know, these next six games uh, are, 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 are going to be really important. And I know like everyone game is important. I get that. Uh, th- th- it's important that they finish this first half uh, on a good note and uh, having a depleted roster in Toronto w- will not help things. Uh, as far as the clubhouse goes, I-, I don't, I don't see it, you know, in talking to guys, I think they see this more as a nuisance. Um, is there disappointment that uh, there are some teammates who, uh, you know, won't, haven't put the team first, I guess you can say. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. uh, I also think that uh, they they view this as as a uh, <laughs> they they view this as something that that is a rule that not they don't necessarily some of these guys just don't agree with. And sure, uh, you know, <clears throat> it's not a it's not an MLB rule. I guess the way you can look at it is that this is not a Major League Baseball rule. Like the Major League Baseball this year didn't have any really extra uh, restrictions for any unvaccinated players. No, uh, none that I've seen. It. No, <clears throat> you know, it might take an unvaccinated player a little longer to get back uh, to you know clear testing if he does test positive. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen that you know vaccinated players have, have also uh, contracted COVID and, and have taken a little bit of time to get back. So sure, um, you know. <laughs> get vaccinated. I think like that's, that's like, that, that's pretty clear. And there are some guys who've chosen not to do that. And, uh, you know, the roster is going to be depleted. I think that's, that's, that's that. I think that's how they view it in the clubhouse. And, um, you know, we'll see what effect it has on, on the team's performance. Uh, but, um, these six games are going to, going to be really interesting because the pitching is going to be, I mean, you, you almost, you, you have to have Nola and Wheeler pitch deep into games. Like it's, it's like a, it's a must. And if they yeah. don't, uh, the, this thing is a little shaky, I think. All right. Well, depending on when you out there are, are listening to this, we're, we're recording on Monday, um, a couple of hours before an expected availability with the Phillies organization to, to shed a little bit more light about what they expect for this coming series and, and exactly how depleted the roster is going to be for these two games on Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, as we sit here right now, we don't really know that much about it. Um, beyond supposition and guessing. And we'll know a little bit more uh, as we get closer to game time tonight in St. Louis. I I think that's the plan anyway. And I know you're all out there expecting to get some kind of word from club officials uh, within the next few hours. Uh, So we'll we'll know more. We'll know more. And we'll see exactly what they have to navigate uh, through Tuesday and Wednesday before going to Miami. And you're right. That is, wow, that is a really interesting travel schedule to go up from Missouri to Canada and then all the way down to Miami. That's oof. yeah. And they're actually going to, I believe they're going to bus to Buffalo, uh, to leave from uh, St. Louis. No, no, no. From Toronto, oh. leaving <laughs> Toronto. I was going to say, yes. they're taking a bus. Yes. They're hopping on the Greyhound from St. Louis <laughs> to Buffalo. No, they're, they're going to bus from Toronto to Buffalo and fly to Miami from Buffalo, hmm. um, to avoid maybe getting, um, some guys, caught in canada you know not caught but like like maybe like held up held up in canada Mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. caught that's the wrong word um so yeah travel the travel i mean that that and that does that does add a layer to this these guys like it it, the travel is hard like and they travel you know their accommodations are incredible whatever but like you know it it is hard like i mean when you're talking about an athlete trying to get peak performance uh you know the proper rest i mean they have plenty of uh studies and, and data that shows us, I mean, like it, it's important and uh, yeah, 
these next this next week to get to the break is going to be is going to be a tough one for them and it's going to i think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they emerge from it all right well we're staring it down but first things first got to wrap up this series in st louis hopefully capture a win with nola on the mound uh, and then the ramp toward the all-star break uh hopefully takes us into some well-deserved rest for some of these guys for others. Hopefully it's a chance to clear their heads, get their minds right, come out and and have a bit better of a second half than they may have posted in, in the first half, you know, nudge, nudge uh, either way. The all-star break is rapidly approaching. First half is almost fully complete. The Philly and the Phillies are in a playoff spot. Go figure. We'll see if they're uh, still there this time next week uh, or whenever we talk to you next. We may take a little bit of a break with the All-Star game coming up. It all depends on if this team gives us something to talk about, which, you know, they so rarely do. They so rarely (laughs) give us things to talk about these days. Uh, But either way, if we don't catch you for another couple of weeks, whatever the case may be, uh, enjoy yourselves out there. Enjoy the All-Star break. Um, Hopefully we'll we'll see a, a, a playoff position team cruise into this break and come back into the second half carrying the same kind of momentum that they've been carrying for the last month plus. So for the Athletic Philadelphia's Matt Gallup, I am Paul Boyer. Matt, thanks for hopping on. We'll see you soon. See ya.